Hello, it is Michelle Donatian with Moments with Michelle Donatian, and it is Monday night, November 5th. It is a lovely and wonderful evening. It is chilly, but wonderful to be alive. So I hope that all is well with you. I pray that it is. It is all here. And today, with the Moments with Michelle podcast, I have some beautiful worship music playing in the background. You might be able to hear it slightly just for atmosphere because, you know, the Lord is so mighty. And today what we're going to be talking about is really, it's a short message today, but it is so important and one that is so difficult sometimes. So before we go on, I'm going to just pray. Let's just go before the Lord. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for each and every one here. And I ask you in the name of Jesus to touch the hearts of the people, Lord God. Give me the words to say by your Holy Spirit. Soften the hearts of the people that are listening in, Father God, that they may be blessed and touched and share what you have for me to say today, Lord God. I thank you and I know it is all well. I thank you for what you've already done. And I promise to give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So friends, today what I want to talk to you about is the Word of God. Now, you know, we always talk about the Word of God, but today I want to talk about doing what the Word says. Doing what the Word says, I think, is something that is so important and said so often, but done so unoften. That's not the right word, but it's just something that so many people don't do. So many people don't do it. They talk a good talk, but you know, it's time to be walkers, walkers, doers of the word, to walk it out. You know, it's not an easy life. There is tribulation. The Bible says that we're going to have tribulations if we live for the Lord. But the beauty of it all is that if you give it over to him, he'll take it on. Now, I was reading in the word in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, and I was reading in verse 28, and it says, I want you to turn there with me. It says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So let's think about that for a moment. Let's just think about that. One of the very first things that stood out to me was, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Now, I don't know about you. I'm pretty sure that you're along with, that you're you're right in the same boat with everybody else, that you have things happening in your life. But you see, Jesus knew that we were going to need him. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. That was profound to me. Learn of me. See, remember when we live this life, the whole purpose is to live a life like Jesus Christ. When people look at you or they look at me, they're supposed to see Jesus Christ. They're not supposed to see your flesh. That's the old you. But the new creation 
was created in Christ Jesus, right? It says it in Ephesians. So if the new creation is created in Christ Jesus, that means that when people see you, they should be able to see Jesus Christ. When you walk into a room, the atmosphere should shift because you spent so much time with the Lord that his presence is just with you. And others can sense it. See, this is something that I learned. The Lord says to learn of me. Now think about the things that Jesus did. One of the things that he did that was so important to me and is such a wonderful testimony is that he spent time alone with God. He spent time praying. He spent time praying. That's what he did. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to spend time, no matter what the situation is, no matter what is going on in our lives, we've got to learn to give it over to the Lord. And when we pray, see, that's the way you give it to him. You pray and then you thank him for taking care of it. I think I shared with you before, I asked the Lord, you know, how can I live and walk in the spirit? And he brought me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And the whole purpose of that scripture was about faith. See, the Bible says that without faith, we cannot please God. Because think about this. If you don't believe the very word of God that you're believing, then what's the point in reading it? And how can you live what you don't believe? Think about that. How can you live what you don't believe? That's being a hypocrite. And Jesus called. He called all of the religious people of his day hypocrites and wicked, didn't he? He called them wicked. Why? It wasn't because, you know, they were religious. It was because they didn't, they weren't doers of the word. They made all of their traditions and all of their rules, and but their hearts were so far from him. And remember in the book of Revelations, Jesus talked about how, you know, he said, you did this, you stood up for this thing, you stood up for that thing. And I'm going to go there because I want you to hear this, because this is how a lot of us have lived our lives. And maybe this is you right now. And I'm going to take you here. All right, now, we're in the book of Revelations, okay? And let's see here. I wasn't planning to go here, but I'm going to take you there. And this is, and I hope the music is blessing you. The song is called In the Presence of Jehovah. It is a lovely, lovely song. Oh, it is wonderful. So I want to say that it's in the book of Revelations chapter 22. Let me just see here. Uh, no, that's just the one that I was reading. Okay, so I'm going to find this because I wasn't planning to go here. But the Holy Spirit is saying to go there. And this is the scripture where he talks about, where, where Jesus is talking to the churches. And when he's talking to the churches, he's saying, you know, you did this. And you did this. And you did this. But this I have against you. You lost your first love. You lost your first love. And how many of us have lost our first loves? I mean, let's be honest. Okay, I found it. We don't want to walk around here pretending like, 
you know, anything. If Jesus were to come back today, tonight, would you be ready? The scary thought for some of us, and yet a joyous thought for others. But what does it mean to you? If Jesus came back today, the Bible says that he'll come like a thief in the night, meaning you won't expect him. And you won't be expecting him, but he's just going to come. And what are you going to do? You see, the Bible tells us here, and it's in the book of Revelations, okay? And it's throughout the, throughout the, the first few chapters. And I'm going to just change this song here. We've got some beautiful, beautiful songs. But I'm going to go back to Alleluia, Okay? And this is just kind of real time here as I'm listening because I want you to hear the worship music. I hope you can. And it is beautiful. And this is one of the things that helps me to keep my mind on the Lord because sometimes when we are in the middle of a situation, it can be anything. I mean, it can be the smallest situation and all of a sudden we realize, what just happened? How did we miss the mark? So one of the ways to get back on track is to worship. Because it takes your mind and it puts it back on Christ instead of your situation, but it puts it back on Christ. All right, so I want you to turn with me to the book of Revelations, okay? And in the book of Revelations, in chapter 2, let's see here. There we are. Chapter 2. I want you to listen to this, okay? And read along with me. Now, I'm going to go to the next one. Uh, Chapter 2, and this is verse 8, okay? I'm going to go to this one first. And it says, And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation, and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Now let's think about that, okay? Let's think about that. He's encouraging us. There's going to be tribulation. He's not saying for some there could possibly be. No, he's saying there's going to be tribulation, okay? There's going to be tribulation. And we haven't experienced anything. But let's look at this. Let's continue on, okay? Let's continue on. And in the book of uh, chapter 12, verse 12, excuse me. So we're in Revelations 2, verse 12. I just finished reading verse 11. And this is the message to Pergamos. And this is all to the church. It says, and to the angel of the church in Pergamos, right? These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name. And has not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee. Now listen to that. This amazed me. 
when I read this for the first time. He says, but I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stones a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receive it. He that receiveth it. Do you remember? Do you remember Balak? Do you remember? He, he was involved in witchcraft. Excuse me, Balaam. He was involved in witchcraft. So it says, the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel. Do you remember? He was a prophet, but he became, um, he became into a mixture of, of witchcraft. The Bible says that he was involved in divination. And remember, one of the kings came to him and said, I want you to do this, you know, to the children of God. Do you remember that? You remember it. And he went and he prayed to God. He went and talked to God and God told him he shouldn't do it. And they came back and he said, I can't do this thing against the people of God. Now remember, this man had been involved in divination and he had once been a prophet. He was a prophet. See, the Bible tells us and shows us by example. If we're in the word, if we're walking according to the word of God, we're going to open up our eyes and we're going to see that there are people within the church that are creating stumbling blocks against the people of God. I, I, I implore you to go and read that scripture about Balak and Balaam and how he kept going back and praying to God. And I guess he was expecting a different answer from God. And every time God would tell him, no, you will not curse the children of Israel. Because the, the other person was asking him to curse the children of Israel. Uh, it was a king, and he wanted to win a battle against them. And he knew that if he prayed and spoke against the children of Israel and cursed them, that they would lose. And the Lord kept warning him and telling him no. So he'd come back and say, I can't do this thing. I can't say that. I can't do this against the people of God. See, he was involved in mixture. He was still hearing from the Lord. But it says he was involved in divination. So that means that as the Bible says here, as Jesus said, these people were doing this for him and that for him, but they were still doing things that didn't honor him. How about you? Are you walking with the Lord and being a doer of the Lord, of the word? Or are there things in your life that you need to give over to him? See, one of the things that I've learned is that when you see it, you need to move quickly and change it. It's so important. And it's easier that way, actually. I've found that it's easier. It's like jumping into a swimming pool. Have you ever jumped into a swimming pool as compared to walking in the swimming pool? When I was a young girl, I think I've told you so many times how much I loved to swim. And when I was a young girl, I remember sometimes I would get into the swimming pool. I would walk in from the, from the shallow end and I would walk in. And you know how if you walk in, if you've ever done that, 
the water slowly kind of creeps up because you're slowly going further and further deeper in. And what happens then is that you then become cold. And you become cold because the water's freezing. And you're experiencing that cold on like every inch of your body. And as it starts at your ankles or your knees, it goes slowly, slowly. And who wants to experience that? I learned just jump in, just jump in. It's more painful to take it slow than it is to just jump in. And this is what I say to you. When you realize you've been in sin, just jump in and change. The Bible says, let him that sin go and sin no more. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. Repent, change and turn away, turn away. That's it. That's the key. Because if Jesus was writing to the church, that means that's you and I. And do you have something that Jesus has against you? He said that he would come against them. He would fight against them. This is the church he's talking about. When I first read that, I was blown away because I had never seen that nor had I been taught that before. But I'm sharing it with you because it's important for you to understand that. I learned a long time ago that many people who go to church do only that. They just go to church. They're not Christians. A lot of people just go to church Some of them know that they're fake hypocrites. Some of them are there to be a stumbling block. Satan is using them and they know it. And they're there and they're gossiping and they're doing things to hurt other people. And some of them don't even realize that they're not even saved. Maybe they were at one time, but they just slowly fell away. I've heard people say that you don't have to spend time with the Lord every day. That is a lie from the pit of hell. If you have believed that, I implore you to turn around and to disagree with that lie. The Bible says that you need his bread daily, daily. If you don't have it daily, you will fall away. That is going to happen. There is no way around that. You cannot miss spending time with the Lord and serve him in everything that he has for you. And if you've tasted and see the beauty of his presence, if you, 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 you know how wonderful he is, why miss it? Why miss it? I know I've been there. I know it. I'm not telling you that I'm not human and I haven't, that I haven't missed spending time with the Lord. Everybody has. But once you decide to jump in to the water, And say, I'm not going to do this any longer. I am going to take the time. I'm going to prioritize my time. And I recognize that even if I spend a little time with him, it's better than nothing. But what's going to happen is the more time you spend with him, you're going to want to spend more time with him. And you're going to learn that you can't operate in the same way without spending time in his presence. And that's not the reason that we want to spend time with him, but that is a byproduct He is mighty. And I don't know about you, but I can't survive without him. I cannot survive without the Holy Spirit. I cannot survive without him. I would go crazy. And I mean that. Think about Saul. Saul was insane. 
The Bible says that God sent a Holy Spirit, I mean, excuse me, took his Holy Spirit away from him and he sent an evil spirit to torment him. So the evil spirit would come upon him and then only David could calm him down with his harp music because it says the Holy Spirit had left him. It was because Saul, his heart was far from the Lord. Now, if your heart is far from the Lord, the same thing can happen to you. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to leave you. The Lord God does not want his spirit to leave you, but he will. And he'll slowly, slowly, slowly. And I've learned something. I've learned that he will slowly take it away. And you'll see, begin to realize, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because he wants you to see and he wants you to turn back to him. That's how much he loves us. He cannot abide where there is wickedness. Otherwise, he would not be God. His word says he can abide, cannot abide in wickedness. So he has to leave if you're living in wickedness. But he's going to slowly pull back and slowly pull back and slowly pull back. And I heard this preached and I thought, well, that just doesn't make sense. Let me tell you, it is true. It is so true. Friends, I want you to not hold back. I want you to jump in the water. I want you to recognize what you're missing. Open up your word. Begin to read it. Just read it. Spend time with the Lord. And watch him change your life. Begin to pray what he says. Because when you read his word, you're going to begin to believe what he's saying. And when you believe what he's saying, you're living by faith. And that's the only way you can please God. That's the only way. I encourage you to read the book of Revelations, chapter 2, and all the way down to 29, and he talks about this one losing their first love, that one losing their first love. He talks about it, and then in verse, and then chapter 3. He says, this thing I have against you, this thing I have against you. It reminds me, I've met people in the past who they didn't realize how hard their hearts were towards the thing of God, things of God. You know, they would stand against abortion, which is wonderful. And these are the common things that I see. This is why I'm saying these particular things that they stand against. They typically stand against abortion. They typically stand against premarital sex. You know, but then kind of everything else you know maybe they won't steal okay that's that's something else they won't steal and you know then and and but everything else is so mixed it's almost like they can't tell it's not even almost like they can't tell the difference between holiness and the life that they're living and the bible says that it is a mirror Friends, the Bible is a mirror, and it's the mirror that we should look into to see what our heart is like, because it's the only truth. If you compare yourself to yourselves, like you look at your group of friends, or you look at your pastor, or you look at your church friends, and and the people in your church, and those people that you think are holy, if you compare yourself to them, you are going to be in a heap of trouble, because they are human just like you. And what you can't see God sees and they're living their lives and you don't know what's hard in their heart. Their heart is hardened. You, you don't know. But when you go to the word 
and you compare your heart to what the word says it should be, you win every time. You win every time. You win every time. The Lord is so mighty. The Lord is so mighty. And when you make a decision to just jump in, then after you've jumped in, jumped in, you can take it a step at a time. Okay, I'm going to read for 30 minutes. I'm going to spend time 30 minutes with the Lord. And then soon you're going to be spending 35 minutes with the Lord because you're going to just not want to leave. You're going to spend 40 minutes with the Lord, 45 minutes, an hour, two hours. The thing is, the more time you spend with him, the more time you're going to want to spend with him. And just imagine what it's like for him, your father. How much time do you think he wants to spend with you and I? Imagine your own children, you that are parents. Imagine your own children and just how much joy you get out of spending time with your children. And you and I are human, so we cannot love perfectly. But God has a perfect love. That means that love is so much stronger than any love you or I could ever have in our hearts for our own children. And I'm sure you love your children dearly. But God loves us so much more. It pleases him to spend time with you. He can reveal things to you about your own heart. He can show you what to pray about. There are things that the Lord has shown me and I've been amazed. Because I didn't have any idea, but the Lord showed me. The Lord warned me. And then when I saw it, I thought, oh, thank you, Lord. Because he showed me how to combat it. He showed me to pray. And then the thing didn't happen, but I saw what would have happened. I saw what could have happened or, or he showed me what to do in a situation, exactly what to do when the thing happened. See, God is mighty and we all need the reminder to remember serving him is the most wonderful thing that you could ever do in your life. Serving the Lord Jesus. Somebody was talking to me today, one of my students, and she was telling me that she's pregnant. And uh, she, this is her first child. And she said that she could never understand how her mom could put her first. She just couldn't understand it. She knew her mom did, but she just couldn't understand it. And so I was explaining to her and sharing with her how my daughter, the birth of my daughter was the second most important part of my life. But you know what the first thing, the first most important part of my life was? When I became a Christian, when I met Jesus Christ. Why? Because he changed everything. And without Jesus Christ, I could not have been a mother who loved my daughter. I wasn't capable of it. I hated children. But when Jesus came into my heart, oh, he changed everything. He gave me a desire He gave me a desire to love my daughter. He gave me a desire to pray for her. He gave me a desire to do what was right and to do what was responsible and to sacrifice her. And I would do it again. I would do every single thing. I would do it again. The thing is, my love is nowhere near as perfect as his. Nowhere near as perfect as his. So friends, as you read your word, as you listen to this podcast, I hope that you begin 
to go back to your word. You do need to read it every day. And the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread. The word of God is your daily bread. Daily. You need it daily. Daily. Not every Sunday. Not every Sunday and Wednesday. Not every Sunday, Wednesday, and maybe Friday at the other Bible study. Because trust me, I know. When I was a baby Christian, I only opened my Bible on Sunday nights, Sunday morning, and Wednesday night. Because that was when Bible study was at my church. And I know I was doing more than the average Christian because even most Christians didn't go to church that often. But that's not what God wants. Not that he doesn't want us to go to church. He does. And he wants us to read our word in church as well. But you can't foster a personal relationship with him if the only time you open up your Bible is when you're at church. Fostering a personal relationship with him means you spend time with him alone, at home. When nobody's around, just you and him. Reading his word, listening to what he has to say. Praying, loving him and letting him love you. Friends, if you haven't made that decision today to fully do it, I implore you to do it. I encourage you to do it because it is going to be the greatest decision you ever make in your life. That is it. That is it. The Lord Jesus loves you and he loves me. And he gave us an entire book that we might get it right. I've heard people say, oh, I don't have, you know, an instruction book. Yes, we do. It's the Bible. The Bible has taught me anything I've ever needed to know about how to be a parent, how to be a daughter, how to be a friend, how to be a pastor, how to be a human being, how to be a neighbor, everything I need to know. And within this word, it brings us to deeper and deeper revelation and understanding of even each of those things. When the Bible says that we lost our first love, when Jesus said that, he meant that we didn't put him first. We didn't love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind, with everything in us. You've got to put all your troubles aside and you've got to look to the Lord Jesus and worship him. And remember how great and mighty he is. And how much bigger he is than your situation. And forget about your situation. Let it just melt away. When you spend time worshiping the Lord, you please him. He loves you. He wants to spend time with you. I'm going to close right now. Friends, I hope and pray that you will take my advice and spend time with the Lord. Get up tomorrow morning. If you've never done this before, get up 15 minutes early. Spend 15 minutes with him. Do that for a few days. You'll notice everything will be different in your life. The way that you look at things, your perspective is going to be different. 
then you're going to notice you'll want to spend some more time with him because he's so wonderful and so sweet. And you'll find yourself spending 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. The things that we do, we sacrifice, but it's worth it. Trust me when I tell you it's worth it. I'm going to close in prayer. Hallelujah. There's somebody out there that just really needed to hear this today. You know that you were waking up and you feel unhappy and you think to yourself, what was the point? of becoming a Christian if my life, if your life had been in a shambles. But friend, the Lord Jesus has more for you than you have been able to see. And by reading your word and praying, you're going to see that. You're going to experience it firsthand. And you're going to understand what I mean and what others mean when they say all is well. All is well in Jesus Christ because he's taken care of it all. I want you to go to the book of Ephesians 1 and read that. Our time is finished here today, but I want you to go to the book of Ephesians 1 and read what it says. It's going to tell you about who you are in Jesus Christ and take that to heart and walk with it. Tuck it in your heart. Read it aloud. Believe it and walk in it. Oh, Jesus, we just thank you. I'm going to pray now, friends. Jesus, we thank you for being here today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your transforming power. We love you. We love you. And Lord God, we know that we get it wrong. And we know you understand our hearts. But we have a desire to live a life that's pleasing to you. Lord God, I ask that you touch every heart here today, listening that you might get the glory in their lives, Lord God. Change their hearts, oh God. Soften their hearts. Let him who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Oh Lord, and who has eyes to see, let him see. Lord God, we will come to you. I ask you to give each one a new desire, a fresh desire. Fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit as we come before you, Lord. We love you. Give us a greater hunger and thirst for you, your word and your presence. Help us to remember to walk with you and to remember that you are with us at all times because you love us, that we may be pleasing unto you. Help us, Lord God, that others may look at us and see you within us. That our fleshly desires may no longer come and rear their ugly heads. That when people look at us, they see you. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you. I thank you today because it's done. You've done it. And I thank you for each and every one here. I will give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends. This is the end of our broadcast today. And I just pray.
pray that God gives you peace. And that's the peace that surpasses all understanding. It comes from walking and living and abiding in Jesus Christ as he abides in you. I hope that you share this podcast tonight. Remember, Monday nights and Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Share it with your friends, like it, and tune in Wednesday night. You can find this podcast on anchor.fm forward slash Michelle Donatian. If you don't have the Anchor app, you can go to my Facebook page, Michelle Donatian Inc. You can follow me on Twitter, Michelle Donatian, or on Instagram, Michelle Donatian. So I love you. Thank you so much for spending this lovely time with me. It means the world. It means the world to me. It's such a special time. And God be with you. I love you.